0: Do you know what this is, Audrey? This is Christmas spirit, all right?
1: (laughs) No, I will not have this. I will not stand for it. Hi, and welcome to Meet Your Heroes. I'm Audrey.
0: And I'm Elliot.
1: And this is the show where we ignore the very good conventional wisdom to never meet your heroes, and instead do the quite unadvised thing of uh, getting up close and personal with all of the terrible things they did throughout their lives.
0: Yes, major miscalculation on our part, frankly. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Should have taken the advice the whole time.
1: Bringing it to you.
0: Would have saved ourselves so many hours of podcasting as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, something like 2,000 minutes last year.
0: That's that, That's crazy. Although, I gotta say, we are no stranger to making major miscalculations. I think we got
1: I mean, I'm not great at math. I have a degree in art history and poetry.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I guess I guess I am uh mostly surprised because we started this podcast about a year ago. We Is, did. In fact, this will be our 1-year anniversary.
1: Yes, if you are listening to this on December 29th, you are listening on the 1-year anniversary of Meet Your Heroes the official podcast
0: yes and so frankly i underestimated a lot of things about 2020
1: Mm.
0: uh how terrible it would be sure how much time i would spend inside the house right but i also honestly i thought we were we were starting this and i thought we were going to run out of people a few episodes in i I... was going to be like there's probably some surprises and then like a couple weeks in we'll be like you know uh, we we mostly got them we got them we got got it covered
1: I mean, to me, that just speaks not to the number of terrible people in the world, but to your optimistic naivete. <laughs>
0: yes. Oh, oh, yes. How naive I was.
1: Because I, I've been knowing folks are garbage.
0: Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, especially this person. We've always known this person was garbage.
1: So this week's person, actually, I didn't know it was garbage. <laughs> This is one of the bigger surprises to me. This one in Pythagoras, without even knowing what's to come in the next 50 or so minutes, I feel like this person will have surprises on par with Pythagoras.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because, so I have to say it is. It, it is not like we're going to find out that this week's hero was all of a sudden this giant dick bag and we didn't realize it. But I got to say... You go back far enough in history and like Pythagoras, the myth and the, and the man start to mingle and it's not clear what's happening. And even the, the vague details that are left are not what I was expecting.
1: I, I cannot wait.
0: Well, so without further ado, this week's hero, Saint Nicholas. So let's just start at the beginning. What do you know about Saint Nicholas?
1: In my mind, the only thing I know about Saint Nicholas is that he is the origin of Santa Claus. Yes. I know a few songs <laughs> that he's referenced in, and I feel like that's mostly because Nick rhymes with more, with more things than Claus. Oh, that's and true. And somewhere <laughs> like Old Saint app. Nick instead of Santa Claus. Yeah. See, this is where my poetry degree comes <laughs> in. <laughs> Just loop it back around. Had to
0: consult with the expert here. <laughs>
1: <gasps> but that's that's just a hypothesis.
0: Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Well, then uh, let's begin at the beginning.
1: That's where I generally prefer to start. Yes. And
0: like I said, similar to Pythagoras, we're going way back. So it's not just that you can't really rely on us to represent the source material. Mm-hmm. But at this point, the source material itself, it says like you can't really trust the source material at this stage back. If you're interested, please dive into all of the interesting ambiguities in the historical record around this man. But if we were to go back around the year 260 Common Era.
1: Ancient astronaut theorists believed.
0: <laughs> yes, the the famous quote from uh from the Ancient Aliens show. God, I love that show so much.
1: Going back that far. Yeah. What did the ancient astronaut theorists believe? We're not actually we're not actually ancient astronaut level back, right? We're like Roman era, like the Roman Empire. You know what? Ancient is a subjective term.
0: Sure, sure.
1: But uh, not to co-opt your extensive research with my mediocre joke, <laughs> going back to 260 BC.
0: Yes. The the city of Patera, which is a port city in the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, it's in the Roman Empire, okay. off the southern coast of what's modern day Turkey. Okay. And Little Nick... Little Nicholas is born mm. uh, at that point he's just Nicholas because he don't really have last names at that point
1: right I mean his image hasn't been burned onto a piece of bread yet he's not on toast <laughs>
0: yes exactly so
1: he's he's no saint to me not yet mm.
0: just wait for the miracle stuff. So
1: just wait Can out.
0: okay so wealthy family probably shipping something to do with that because they're by the ocean uh, his uncle is the bishop of Myra which is a nearby town this uncle recognizes a certain spiritual talent in nicholas at an early age uh one of the giveaways is that when they go to baptize like one day old nicholas he immediately stands up in the baptismal font as a one day old infant and just like raises his hands to start praising god like holding his head up and everything just
1: like a bowling ball head on limp spaghetti. That's like the, philosoph- <laughs> that, or the physiology we're talking about. This baby's got neck muscles at day one. That's nothing. Yes. Neck muscles. Leg muscles. Oh, ye of little faith. Yes. So
0: he's sitting there praising, praising the Lord and his uncle's like, you, sir, are going to be an amazing priest. So he makes him a priest at age 19. Nicholas uh, immediately starts to give away money. Uh, he starts to give Who's away the money? family wealth.
1: Oh, the families.
0: Yep. And when his parents die, he just keeps giving away more money as quickly as he can. Doesn't want to be a rich man.
1: I, I Actually, I'm on board with this.
0: This leads to one of his first and most famous stories of kindness. Uh, there is a family, uh, a devout man who'd who been wealthy at one time but lost everything. And as a result, he didn't have a dowries to pay for his daughters. Yikes. So... Uh, there's no jobs they can go get. He can't marry him off.
1: Gonna have to marry some uggos.
0: <laughs> well, uh, they're actually gonna have to go into sex work, oh, is what the actual rat was. Feel,
1: well, actually, you know what? I feel bad that they're forced into sex work.
0: Yes. Uh, Again, not this their is choice. a
1: sex-positive podcast. Sex work is work. But I feel bad about making the ugly joke.
0: <laughs> yes, they couldn't. No dowry. Not even Not even ugly guys. Oh, Well, but Nicholas sees this and he decides to help them. So either because they were too proud or he didn't want to hurt their pride by offering them money. Or maybe because he just, you know, didn't want to be, he was too modest to be seen helping them in public. Apparently at night while they're sleeping, he uh, sneaks up, takes a bag of gold coins, throws them through the window, runs away. Dad wakes up. Overjoyed, immediately marries his daughter off the next day. Oh,
1: my. The
0: next day, that night, after he's married the first one off, Nicholas sees how successful this was, does it again, gets the second one married off. The third night, the dad wakes up to this. He's like, ah, I'm going to catch this guy. And uh, catches Nicholas in the act, hence why we know the story.
1: So we know the story of the old money bags, but we don't know, there's no real confirmation that he had neck muscles when he was born.
0: Oh, well, okay, so fair, fair. I mean, there were there would have been a lot of eyewitnesses if he had neck muscles. But yes, I mean, we are kind of relying on a lot of eyewitnesses here. It's it's kind of the, the kind of the, the thing that comes with the price of admission. Okay, but this story of kindness is clearly the dad sees it. Dad tells everybody, right? So mm-hmm. he's got this reputation as being this kind, benevolent priest. Unfortunately. After he takes over his uncle's job as the bishop, Mm -hmm. Christianity goes out of style. Uh, And by goes out of style, I mean, like, this is when the major persecution of Christians under the Romans happened. Like the whole, like, feed them to lions kind of. This is like the year 300 or so. Diocletian comes to power, basically. He's not a big fan of Christianity.
1: Just going to stop you right there and realize that I may or may not have been paying attention at the beginning and uh, thought you said 260 B.C., Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Which um, would have been fine, except here's where the being bad at math part comes in. And if it was 40 years later BC, it would be 220 BC, but you're saying it's 40 years later CE. Common era. Common era. So it's actually 300 CE. So this is like 300 years after... Jesus Christ himself has walked the earth.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of math in a short period of time. Yeah, so to simplify, mm-hmm. St. Nicholas is a Christian. Yes. He did not come before Christ.
1: So you know what? A <laughs> lot of dots are connecting right now. Okay, okay. And um, this is a real good glimpse into the way that my <laughs> mind works sometimes. Uh, apologies to everyone who has been confused up to this point. It's not your fault. I did all of that. Yes, okay.
0: So let's do a quick recap then. Three hundred becomes a bishop, shit hits a fan.
1: this is where I'm paying attention
0: okay, so Christianity made illegal because the new emperor Diocletian, not a big fan of christianity he he was really pissed because they had all of these traditions, all of the Greek gods and then the Roman gods and Christianity just gave up on all of that uh he he definitely believed in like the fire gods, the lightning gods, like, well, the pagan idols.
1: To be fair, they're way cooler than I'm. I yeah. the one Christian god who, like, hates the gays. Yeah,
0: well, okay, yes. So, Diocletian mm-hmm. agreed with you. Burned mm-hmm. all the Bibles. Mm-hmm. This is the point where Nicholas here, Bishop Nicholas, mm-hmm. gets mad. So he's in prison for 10 years. Wow. It is not fun. He is not having a good time. And then 310, new guy comes to power, Constantine. Heard of him. Great. He, he takes the, the throne underneath the cross as simple. symbol. He had a vision like this is gonna do it. And he's like, Christianity, yeah, you got me the throne. Let's do this. Let's the Christians out of jail. And Nicholas is like, I'm ready for revenge. Revenge! Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: absolutely. That's the the core spirit
0: of a saint. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. He went from being, like, kindly and giving away money to be like, I'm going to make these pagans suffer. (laughs) And that is exactly where he goes. He marches out of prison and Myra, his place where he was bishop, he shows back up and Mm -hmm. it is just overrun with these pagans. There's this big temple to Artemis. Uh, which is like the Roman equivalent. It's like Greek goddess Diana. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the popular god in the town. Okay. And he's like, "Fuck this noise!" No. So he immediately goes back and he sits in front of the temple and starts praying. And he's like, "God, come crush this temple!" And he like holds out his hands and just like fucking X Men just like crumbles the temple in front of him. Again, according to these stories, so he crumbles <laughs> the temples with like his like Jesus power, like right right in front of him. Mm-hmm blows over like all of the statues of the gods crumble and just like the the pagan priests who live inside just like run yelling screaming from the from the ashes um Mm.
1: that's a real real quick flip to the naughty list
0: yeah i mean like he was not happy Mm -hmm. and apparently jesus wasn't either right they teamed up crushed the temple and then the the pagan priests are come out and they're like have some mercy right don't don't you christians believe in
1: mercy you mean the jesus that lives in his heart because jesus has long been dead
0: in yeah. 300 oh, absolutely just clarifying you don't get those powers from nowhere though they beg him for mercy because they isn't that, isn't that what christians do and he literally tells them go to hell uh, uh, his exact quote is uh go to hell's fire which has been lit for you by the devil and then leaves them in the dust and he's not done
1: so I know that we're really not supposed to like like the people on this podcast. But <laughs> I'm on board so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, why not, right? I too am bingeful. <laughs> if
1: I could crumble statues, I would.
0: Yes, yes, I would too. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Imagine somebody has a competing god to you, and you're just like, "Could we debate this?" Yes, we could. But I'm right; you're wrong. I will crush you with my will and just crumble their home to the ground. Done. So much cleaner. So much easier. Mm -hmm. And also unambiguous. Okay, you win. Great. (laughs) Your God was right. Mine wasn't. Great. Problem solved.
1: Yeah, but see, here's the thing. My God is basically either Kate Blanchett or Sarah Paulson, depending on what movie they're in (laughs) during what time. Okay, well,
0: so here's the thing. Both of them could probably crumble a temple if you asked. You just need to ask, right?
1: Okay, so don't threaten me with a good time, (laughs) but if I could ask either of them to crumble a temple, I would.
0: (laughs) This temple crumbling gets rid of like the pagans in the town, but there's also another problem, uh, which is the other Christians. We're now at 3.20. At this point, Christianity had not just become legal, it had become popular. That's fast. The emperor was behind it. Like, it was becoming the thing. But see, not all Christians agreed. And when they disagreed, that was a problem. Because some people out here with the true faith and some people out here just teaching this watered-down mess. So, just a quick quick dive into where this disagreement was from. Uh, for, for you non-Christians out there or uh, bad Christians out there, in the Bible, there is this <laughs> phrase... Uh, that Jesus was God's, quote, only begotten son. So English, the translation is begotten. And you can go back to the original, you know, Hebrew and Greek, whatever. Mm -hmm. But like begotten is the word. Jesus was begotten by God. I don't use that word in regular speech usually. uh, So the dictionary, I had to check. The word begotten means, quote, brought into existence as if by a parent.
1: One of my favorite genres of TikTok, and this is a total tangent that will take about 15 seconds, but folks should stick around because it's a really interesting um, side of TikTok, are the pastors who studied Greek or Hebrew and who are academics of the original biblical translation and the way that they deconstruct or break down the etymology. Mm Mm-hmm. Not entomology. Entomology is bugs.
0: Yeah. Entomology is the study of bugs. Yes. The
1: etymology of the biblical origins and how we have misinterpreted it in modern day. It is fascinating to me because I grew up as a watered down Methodist and now I have no God. (laughs) So it's just a really intellectually interesting side of TikTok to
0: me. Yeah, it really is. And, and the interesting part about that, right, is that like what these pastors are doing is they're digging into the original text and trying to look for like important meanings. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just a couple hundred years after Jesus had died and already they're having these arguments. Right? Sure. So when you see these words, only begotten son in the text, they, like the Bible still in formation at this point, right? But begotten has this meaning. And the meaning is you bring someone into existence, right? As if you're their parent. And so this one dude around at the time, Arius, he's like, "Oh, so God brought Jesus into existence." And Nicholas is like, "Oh, fuck this! Oh no!" What? Yes, because he's of this camp that Jesus is God, and when they say "begotten" in the Bible, it means something like kind of different than that, but it doesn't like mean "begotten." And the emperor's like, "Oh, this! No, no, no! This cannot happen." We got to shut this down right now. So they get everybody to this big council and Arius gets up and he's, and he stands up at the center and he's like, okay, the scriptures all say Jesus is God's only begotten son. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, they say this like five or six times over and over again. Therefore God begot Jesus. God brought Jesus into existence, and Nicholas walks up and punches him in the fucking face. Just bam, knocks him out right there. He
1: really Colonel Sanders him. He Colonel Sanders him. in the courtroom.
0: In front of the emperor. He's just like, bam, this bishop punches this other guy. And the emperor's like, you can't fucking punch people at the church council, (laughs) dude. So he's like, sorry, Nicholas, you're no longer a bishop. Strips him of his bishop garbs, strips him of his job, tosses him in the dungeon.
1: But he's been praising Jesus since he was a day old.
0: I know. So, at this point,
1: it mm-hmm.
0: can go one of two ways. Either
1: I feel like it go, could go one of <laughs> 1,000 ways based on everything you've said in the last 30 seconds.
0: So, either Nicholas has gone rogue or baby Jesus wanted him to punch that motherfucker in the face. And guess what? Even though Nicholas was down in that dungeon, sure. stripped of his robes, mm-hmm. the next morning guards walk down. Guess who's got his fucking robes on? jesus nicholas nicholas does
1: oh uh, and then ask
0: nicholas why do you have these robes on he's like because baby jesus brought them to me he wants me to still be a bishop and the emperor's like can't fucking argue with baby jesus you're a bishop <laughs> again <laughs> so the next day he's a bishop again
1: wow and
0: also based on his holiness uh, and his punch the the people win and so this is where we get the concept of the trinity right the in the trinity if you believe in the Trinity, God never created Jesus. They're part of the same thing. And so the parts are in the Bible where it says that he's his begotten son, just to have to mean something different. Uh, but definitely not that he created him. So Nicholas wins that round.
1: It's like soap opera digest.
0: Yeah, I know. And he's on a roll. So he's he's crushed the uh, temple of Athena. He has punched the hell out of Arius and won that round. And, and the whole church history. He's uh, traveling town to town preaching. He walks in. To a shop to get something to eat as he's preaching fresh off these winds of destroying other gods. And I mean at
1: that point you're preaching, what's somebody going to say? No? They know you're going to punch them.
0: Yes! I mean it, it's a it's a very crude but rather effective way of spreading the gospel. So he walks into the butch, but this butcher shop is what it was and um, there'd been a famine. He's looking for something to eat and the butcher says we have some ham here we have some pork, do you want something to eat? But here's the thing the butcher had been kind of hard pressed in these times, had not actually been able to find any pigs to slaughter, to serve to any of these guests. So the butcher had instead gone out and killed three little kids. No. And chopped them up. No. And put them in barrels. No. And covered them in vinegar.
1: uh uh-uh. And
0: started selling him as pickled pork.
1: No. Stop. No. 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 The one thing that this podcast will not be is a true crime podcast with this Jeffrey Dahmer bullshit. Too late. No.
0: I'm
1: I'm sorry. (laughs) No. Yes. Mm -mm.
0: So, look, it was hard times.
1: You and I, the other night, watched a documentary. Or like a forensic files in which a child died and you lost your shit for like 48 hours. It you was were like, several
0: children, all right? That was gruesome. This
1: is several children being sold <laughs> as pickled pork. And
0: Time they, heals all wounds, all no, right? This is a long no, time ago. No.
1: For like days, you were like, Audrey, how can you watch true crime? How can you do that? Blah, blah, blah. And now you're about to tell me that fucking Santa Claus eats children? <laughs> No, I will not have this. I will not stand for it.
0: Okay, so clearly this butcher had gotten desperate and, and, and had been selling these kids as pickled pork to, to his customers up until this point.
1: Let's not say that so insensitively. This murderer had been allowing people to be cannibals without, like, uh, non-consensual cannibals. I
0: mean, if you want to split hairs, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm splitting <laughs> hairs. This is a case in which I will split all the hairs.
0: Okay, so you're telling me crushing so, temples is fine, but cannibalism is too far for you.
1: Absolutely, yes. So Saint Nick walks in. This butcher's like, "Hey, would you like some pickled children?" Saint Nicholas says, "What?"
0: Saint Nicholas says, "Oh, you're full of shit." What he says, "Baby Jesus just told me Mm-mm. that that is not ham. That is not pork." That is pickled kids.
1: See, I really feel like you're not doing this podcast right. We are supposed to hate this dude by now. He is giving away money to sex workers. He is crushing institutional temples. He is stopping people from eating children. I don't hate him yet.
0: Yeah, well, surprise. Santa Claus might actually... Just be a badass. Who knows? <laughs> you do.
1: You did all the research. You know. I do know, actually, yes. Yeah.
0: So, so uh, history, the stories do not specify exactly what kind of hellfire St. Nick brought down upon this butcher, but using his powers mm. of wisdom from baby Jesus, mm-hmm. put an end to this. Okay. Then, God speaks to him. Nicholas begins pulling the pieces of these children out of the pickled barrels. Oh, no. He pulls them out, it's, waves his hands,
1: uh-uh. Nope.
0: and the kids come back to life.
1: Now I feel weird about the whole situation. Didn't
0: see that one coming, <laughs> did you? I didn't. They, they're smelling of the vinegar, but these kids are alive. Apparently, like any parts that they were missing like, grew back, I hope. It didn't quite specify, but I would, I would hope so. These kids are just alive and well. And let me tell you, the people in this town love him for it. This story goes everywhere.
1: Rightfully so. If this were a true story, this is a story that every single person in the world should know. This is a story that Mary Shelley should have based Frankenstein off of. This is the reanimation of body parts.
0: Okay, so so in fairness, I will just say there are some skeptics <laughs> who say... If you look at all of the actual historical information we have about Nicholas's life, mm-hmm. there's actually no evidence that this ever happened. And this story wasn't even invented until about a thousand years after he died and just got made up in the Middle Ages.
1: It feels very Grimm's fairy tale. But I
0: refuse to believe it. I'm going to hold that this one is real and it only got discovered in the Middle Ages somehow. Mm. Uh, because let me tell you, when people heard this, they fucking loved it. This became one of the most popular saint stories in the Middle Ages of any saint ever.
1: Sure. I really love how I learn something new about you every single day (laughs) after 12 years of being married to a godless skeptic. I love that today is the day that you are optimistic about a... Fairy tale from the Middle Ages (laughs) confirming the reanimation of pickled children. Do you know
0: what this is, Audrey? This is Christmas spirit, all right?
1: (laughs) Yes, the Christmas spirit.
0: This story is not just delighting me. It's delighting so many people that it is one of the most common illustrations in stained glass windows in medieval churches uh, across the Western world. And so much so that they begin illustrating it basically just with Nicholas having three naked children at his feet next to a wooden barrel. And that's like the the visual shorthand for this story.
1: As an art historian, that visual shorthand is quite the stretch.
0: (laughs) It doesn't quite do justice to this story. And that becomes a problem because I don't know if you're aware of this, but saints in the Catholic Church can be the patron saint of something.
1: I mean, I know, like, I, I'm aware of the concept. Sure. So... Vis-a-vis being married to a former Catholic. Yes, yes, yes. So, but... for those for the uninitiated,
0: mm-hmm. right? Basically, if you go up to heaven and you're a saint, you get to have a, a department. Mm. Uh, you can be in charge of cooks or dogs or, like, something that you, like, cared about based on something that you cared about in your life. So if you are praying to a saint, you, you pray for this specific thing and Got it. that belongs to a saint. It's their their department, right?
1: And sometimes it's like a weird combination of things, right? Like sometimes <laughs> well, it's like the patron saint of chickens and nurses.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, so prepare yourself <laughs> because of this miscommunication with these stained glass windows because Mm -hmm. these artists uh, got this very abbreviated visual language. Yes. Nicholas becomes the patron saint of babies because there's three naked babies in this, (laughs) of beer brewers because there's a barrel, and of sex workers because of the uh, earlier story.
1: You know what? (laughs) You know what? Listen, if you can roll the dice... And become the patron saint of any three random combination of things. Let me tell you what a fucking treat it would be to have babies, beer, and sex workers show <laughs> up on your sainthood. I mean, what name a better combination.
0: Imagine the business
1: cards. <laughs> I know. You're right. <laughs> wow. Wow. Again, I am still here. For Saint Nick.
0: And then guess what? He dies. Kind of greatest hits. Goes out of the top. He, uh, a few years later after this council and these miracles apparently happened, he's dead at the year 343. So lives from, to be 80 years oldish.
1: Oh, okay. So you left out a lot, but you hit the... You hit the we hit the high points. The high, high points, yeah. No deep cuts. Story's not over though. It takes a long time to become a saint.
0: Yes. Well, way before we get there... Do you remember the goddess Artemis from the temple he destroyed?
1: Who has forgotten? That was like 17 minutes ago.
0: Well, she's out for revenge.
1: Good for her.
0: Yeah. So apparently, shortly after he died, the goddess Artemis realizes he's dead. Mm -hmm. And people have started to like make little shrines to Nicholas. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to get him. So there's these pilgrims walking down the road, and this old woman appears to them, and she's like, I have this jug of oil that I I wanted to bring to the Shrine of Nicholas, but I can't make it. Can you just put it on your boat and and bring it there? And they're like, sure, old woman. No problem. They get on the boat. Massive, massive storm. Mm. Just huge waves about to sink the boat. They're like, oh, no, we can't make it. We got to turn around. You know who shows up in the boat? Nicholas. No. He's been dead for, like, several hundred years. And he's like, you fools. What are you doing? That wasn't some old woman. That was the goddess Artemis. She's trying to destroy my shrine. Throw that thing off the side. They throw it. It was a bomb. It was a fucking bomb. She was trying to blow up his shrine and he stopped her. They threw it into the sea, blew up. Storm immediately went away. At least according to the early Christians. Again, some historians cast out. I say, fuck them. Great story.
1: I'm mostly concerned about the, like, technical mechanics of a bomb in 300, in the, like, fourth century. Like, what? She just, I don't know. She get. Could...
0: She got it from Apollo or something. I don't it's know. It's like talking. lightning in a bottle <laughs> right? and
1: like it gets a little crack.
0: That's that's the detail you have an issue with
1: here. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do because the believability of this is predicated on the fact that there was a bomb. And was she the one who made the the sea stormy? Because that seems um counterproductive. Counterproductive, right? I know. Like if you're trying to I get know. this lightning to blow up a
0: shrine. I think it was Nicholas who had to make it stormy because he's like trying to stop them and they're not getting the message and then he has to just appear and do it himself he's like damn! did you not get the storm message like throw it overboard and then they do so maybe not a great communicator but definitely mm. gets forceful. his message across gets, yeah it, gets his message across eventually he's dead sure for <laughs> many years gods are trying to get their revenge and uh overall like you said started off As a rich man giving his money away, Mm -hmm. got real hard in prison, wanted to bust some people up and just kicked ass until he went out at the top of his game reassembling pickled children. Eh. So the question you may have is, how the fuck is this Santa Claus? (laughs) (laughs) Because if you've noticed, there is almost zero correlation between everything we have discussed and anything that vaguely resembles goddamn Santa down the chimney.
1: Sure. Well, again, you may have chosen to leave out some penguins at some point. I don't know. I did no research on this.
0: No. Okay. So the epilogue here uh, is where along... The line, did Nicholas become, jolly old Saint Nick?
1: Yeah, right. I mean, to be fair, he sounds way cooler than most depictions of Santa Claus.
0: Yeah, yes, you're you're (laughs) on the naughty list because he sounds way cooler than most depictions. Like bad Santa has nothing on this guy, right?
1: Nope, bombs. Crumbling Temples.
0: Yes, like soup like Marvel superpowers. hmm The reassembly of pickled kids. Money to sex workers. How or, is
1: this not an actual Marvel movie at I, this point? Right? Okay. Well,
0: so let's let's re examine the moments where this happened. Okay. In the Middle Ages, as we said, this guy's very popular, mostly due to his uh blockbuster stained glass windows
1: (laughs) let's be clear the middle ages are a thousand years after he has lived
0: yeah people have basically no idea what he was really like but they're making up some great stories sure
1: yeah so the middle ages being the 13th 14th 15th and like slightly into the 16th century right before the renaissance like the big renaissance exactly
0: and not many people were literate Based on him standing next to these three naked kids and all these stained glass windows. Mm-hmm. He's the patron saint of children. And he died on December 6th. Okay. So that becomes his feast day. It's like when you celebrate him. Mm. And they begin this tradition of giving like little trinkets to kids on December 6th. Um, it's like his thing. For another five or 600 years, people are just like, this guy was cool. Get some presents on December 6th. We get to 1687... Around the 1700s, and this is when the Puritans become big on the scene.
1: Got a whole episode on him. Mayflower, got some fleas. Yes. Bad choices, shitty beliefs. Overall, not nice people. No. And so
0: one of the preachers in the New World writes a book called, quote, Testimony Against Several Profane and Superstitious Customs. By that, he meant Christmas. Of course. Because he, the Puritans at this point make the rather um, well-known connection explicit. Uh, December 25th, for thousands of years, has been a pagan holiday. Mm-hmm. And the Christians kind of co-opted it as they began to expand, but like the Bible never says like a day or a season even when Jesus was born. So when they had to pick one, they were like, there's a lot There's a lot of reasons like lining up with calendars about like why it was a convenient day. But basically they picked a pagan holiday and the Puritans were like, therefore Christmas is a pagan holiday, fuck that noise. And they basically cut out the celebrations.
1: They cut out most celebrations.
0: Yes, that's true, that's true. This one explicitly for being pagan. Uh, it was like Saturnalia, which was the Roman feast for Saturn. It Basically, it was just like put on top of the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. Even though St. Nicholas has this feast day early in December, the American, or, well, sorry, the Christians, the Puritans in the New World early on are like, Christmas, not a religious holiday. They start the original war on Christmas and basically cut it out of their celebrations.
1: Take that, Starbucks.
0: Yes. Uh, so they then... Succeed wildly. It becomes basically just a thoroughly secular holiday for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years.
1: December twenty fifth or December sixth.
0: December twenty fifth. Okay. There's still this like December sixth, like give a kid a trinket, Saint Nick holiday. Sure, but
1: December sixth or twenty fifth is essentially like Flag Day. Yeah. Secular. And
0: exactly. And then at the same time, like seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, early nineteenth century, like what you're seeing is Thanksgiving is big in America, New Year's is big in America, Christmas not so much the puritans hated it and like thought it was pagan so like it's really not a celebration mm. um, it's not religious like they they want to take away that meaning so it's mostly just another day what happens is as a secular holiday it just starts kind of getting like more and more debaucherous it's like a you know, it's a it's a crazy end of the year party. It's like a Christmas holiday party is now and most people's workplace is pre-COVID, um, yeah. but just like without any semblance of a religious meaning. Sure. By the time we get to 1821, the Presbyterians have had enough. They would. There's this preacher who's like, hey, in America, we really don't celebrate the religious history of this, but like December 25th Christmas used to be all about Jesus's birthday like in other places in the world they still celebrate it as religious holiday like why don't we make this like a more respectable religious holiday and not have it be about the debauchery and this you know drunkenness and this lecherous groping that goes on at these parties right like let's get some good Presbyterian morals back here
1: sure cannot have lecherous groping no anywhere You can't have non-consensual lecherous groping.
0: No, yeah. Lecherous groping, please, help yourselves. But this Presbyterian minister, Arthur Stansbury, decides he's going to turn this around. So, first plan, as you would expect, write a children's book. uh, And he decides to call this children's book uh, The Children's Friend. And his goal is to try to bring something a little holier back to this very secular christmas and he decides the closest thing like on the calendar is this saint who's got this holiday pretty close he's like how about we take saint nicholas he writes his book the children's friend this is the first time in this book that you see a picture of saint nicholas wearing red mm. that you see him in a sled with reindeer Or that he has anything to do with Christmas.
1: I mean, yeah, it seems like the St. Nicholas of the 4th century in fucking Istanbul wouldn't have any reindeer.
0: No, he wouldn't. But this... this Arthur Stansbury is like, okay, okay, if we just take the nearest saint that has anything (laughs) to do with it, and we're like, okay, you remember how he had like gave kids presents on December 6th? He's like, what if we just slide that over and be like, here we go, he does it on Christmas now, (laughs) and all of a sudden takes his fucking, you know, Marvel superhero, punching people in the face in a battle with the goddess Artemis saint, and just is like he brings you presents on Jesus's birthday now. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you know what? People are like, sure, why the fuck not? Okay, go for it. And it starts to snowball. So that's 1821. Over the next three years, there's going to be three men who like cement this really rapidly in the American imagination. After him, oh, by the way, even though he's got Santa in red and wearing reindeer, if you look at these pictures, he's still pretty thin and pretty wily and pretty like, rough looking. He's not like a happy jolly guy. But you cut to 1822, there's this guy Clement Moore. So he's this rich pretentious guy. By rich we mean like if you if you've ever heard of Chelsea, the neighborhood Chelsea in New York?
1: Yes. That was you. that yes. was
0: that was his house. That was his his estate was Chelsea. Okay. Um so he's like, "Oh, I think I'm going to write a poem for my kids this year. They they read this fun little uh children's book. So I'll just like write a poem for them." And he called it, "Twas the Night before Christmas."
1: Wow. And
0: he wrote this poem, and like, he really expanded on this character, you know, making it all about this magic of the night of Christmas Eve. And like he just like let his imagination run wild. People were like, "Yeah. yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that guy, that guy. Yeah.
1: So I know you probably did no research into Clement Moore, but my guess is he did not make his Chelsea-esque fortune as a poet. Well, so no, it was
0: his family's farm. He was actually a biblical mm. scholar. So he mm, So even
1: less money than poets.
0: Even less money, yeah. His family was like big old New York money from when it was like first like right. migrated by the Dutch and so yeah, he he was definitely not the one making the money. He was the old money spending the money.
1: Yeah, so he had enough money to be a poet. Exactly. Exactly. Ah. Yes, yes, yes. There's two versions of us. The ones who are poets and make it or those who have made it and become poets.
0: Yes, there you go. There you go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was not a starving artist. Not at all. But this poem takes off and all of a sudden like, oh, this this like magical Christmas Eve with this jolly kind of fatter guy makes sense. Um, but finally it's cemented the next year, 1823. Thomas Nast is like the most famous political cartoonist. Um, of the time you might know him from his work he was the first person to draw a republican as an elephant and a democrat as a donkey and that just like stuck ever since
1: i know the iterations sure but sure yeah
0: and so he was also after reading twas the night before christmas was like oh this guy sounds like he should be fat and wear this kind of a hat and like have rosy cheeks and all that, and he draws Mm. the Santa Claus we know today. And this Santa Claus, which is invented between 1821, 1823, becomes essentially the guy who's eventually going to sell you Coke uh, at Christmas time and eat cookies.
1: So let's be very clear, you mean (laughs) Coca-Cola, not some guy behind your grandma's house on Christmas Eve selling you an eight ball.
0: It's a very specific memory, but yeah, different people we're talking about for sure. All all that to say that even though Saint Nicholas mm-hmm. sounded like one of the best Marvel franchise movies that's never gotten made, overall really badass guy. Sure, the version of him that eventually cemented itself in popular culture and permeated our Christmas celebrations. Is definitely not my hero.
1: I feel like this must be a point of extreme tension within, for example, the Catholic Church. Because on one hand, you have this actual saint. Yes. On the other, you have Jesus' birthday. <laughs> well, presumptive birthday. Yes, yes. And both of those things feel very sacred. To the identity of the church but are conflicting narratives
0: well so it's funny you say that i swear to god this is not in my notes but i just happen to know this this was a real point of contention uh (laughs) so all through the the 18th and 19th century they're like we have this saint guy uh but he is not at all that guy that they got out there (laughs) like people are really confused about what (laughs) this guy was like and so this this stays this way for a couple hundred years and then in 1969 Around the time of the Vatican councils, they're mm. redoing the the church calendars. Okay. And they're like... As okay. one does. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so we have a lot of old white saints and they're like, we kind of want to get with the times. We got, got all these new saints from like other places and they're not white from around the world. Mm. Great, great, great. Well, who are we going to get rid of? And they're like... uh. Let's get rid of St. Nicholas. And they pull his day, and his day is no longer December 6th on the church calendar. So
1: he's not an actual Catholic saint anymore. He is a saint
0: still. They okay. didn't take that away from him. But they pulled him off of the church official feast calendars, so he no longer gets December 6th. Basically, given the conflict between this juggernaut of Christmas mm-hmm. and the actual historical badass that he was, they were like, eh, let's go with the marketable version. Sure. And, they, and they kicked him out. They kicked him out.
1: Next question. Who on the Catholic calendar is still the patron saint of sex workers? Oh, oh, he keeps the title of patron saint (laughs) of sex workers. They
0: just conveniently took the patron saint of sex workers off the front page of the of the saint books and like Mm. put him a little further back to the list.
1: Wow. Well, if the Catholic Church wants to make our podcast a patron saint, where could they find us?
0: <laughs> there we go. Uh, yes, you can find us on all the socials at Your Heroes Pod.
1: On three very specific socials, ladies and gentlemen, yes, we have those added are a parlor, <laughs> Reddit, <laughs> Reddit, and uh, MySpace. Yes. Uh... No. So we are on Twitter and Instagram at. At your heroes pod, and we are now um, not at all famous on TikTok.
0: Yeah, but come find us.
1: Yeah, we have eight followers. Woohoo! Let us know if you want to be the ninth, tenth, eleventh. We make mediocre TikToks. I would say so. Much better Instagram, middling Twitter, but really, the uh, the meat of what we do is right here on the podcast. So, if you could share the podcast with your friends, family, rate, review us, let us know what you think. That would be awesome. It would be like a Christmas gift almost.
0: Almost. In the true spirit of St. Nicholas.
1: Right. And we are so close to having this episode be 10,000 listens.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. We're almost there.
1: So make it happen for us, friends. Please. Until next time. Don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. And don't pickle children. Ah, we getting in on that note. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)